I was hooked on crystal meth for six years, and this lifestyle landed me in jail about seven different times, but I still couldn't stop. It was dragging my life through the prison system until I finally gave my life to Jesus. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about how drugs like crystal meth can be so destructive to a person's life that it completely changes someone from the inside out. Did you know there's quite a popularity with crystal methamphetamines, and it's known as the clubbing drug? This drug is so addictive And after a while, the user will start experiencing bad symptoms of paranoia, anxiety, violent behavior, and even insomnia. In our last show, Elliot Morgan shared how he first used ecstasy, but then went to cocaine and then crystal methamphetamines. He talked about the journey, how he ended up selling ecstasy cocaine to help him support the meth addiction. And he was always seeking the next high. He talked about not being able to quit until Jesus set him free. And he's going to share more about that today. Elliot, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. Elliot, it is great having you, brother. And boy, in the last two shows, you really described well how this drug gripped you. Let me ask you, was there times that you really regretted it and you tried to quit on your own? Tell us about the struggle. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of years, if I could put it this way, were fun although we know they really weren't. But after that, the addiction ran my life. I remember just, you know, waking up from days of using cocaine and my nose was crusty and it hurt and I wanted to stop and I couldn't. I remember staying up on the crystal meth and I just couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I longed to be normal again, to live a normal life and the drug wouldn't allow me. So like you tried to stop and then what would happen? Yeah, I remember giving myself pep talks. For some reason, I can remember this. Like, you know, today, I'm not going to do a drug. I'm going to eat this morning. I'm going to go try to get a job and live a normal life. And then a friend would call, hey, man, we scored some drugs and we're going out tonight. Do you want to come? And I'd say, absolutely. And I'd throw all my good intentions out the window. Wow. Now, I understand crystal meth made you so depraved that you got to a point that you didn't see your brother who got shot and was in the ICU but you didn't want to go back home because your dad would see that you were high because you're, you know, hiding this lifestyle. What happened? Yeah, you know, I hope this illustration paints a really vivid picture for someone because me and my brother, my younger brother, we were a year and a half apart. We're best friends our whole lives. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, I influenced him to do drugs as well. Oh. He was living in our hometown, just 20 minutes away from the city I was in at the time. I was high out in the downtown area partying. I got a call that my younger brother got shot point blank, inches from his heart, not even inches, millimeters. Like, oh my God, he should have died. He was in ICU. They were about to operate on him. 
I got a call that my brother was about to die, and I did not go to the hospital as essentially say goodbye to my brother if he would have passed because I knew that my dad would be there, and I had been away from my dad for years. I was high. That's what the drugs do, that I wasn't even willing to go to see my brother in the hospital for fear of my dad seeing me on drugs. Oh, my gosh. So it got you to a point where you were a completely different person. Completely different person. And you probably felt so guilty after this point. Is that right? I did. I felt really bad. But at the same time, there was just nothing I could do because I was so addicted. But I understand that night, the drug had you so bad that instead of going somewhere to kind of think about it, you ended up just slipping right into the next high. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, To numb the pain or to keep myself from even thinking about that negative situation, my solution was just get higher and go into a different world. Wow. That's crazy, man. So how did you get set free from this? Yeah. The last time I went to jail, they had this guy from the drug court. He came and he offered to get me out of jail. He said, we have a program because this is your first felony offense with drugs. We'll get you out of jail for free if you go through our program. And I thought it was a joke. I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? You're going to get me out of jail for free. In my mind, I was going to go right back to the old lifestyle. But in the drug court program, you were required to go to the AA, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous programs, and you have to get a sponsor. Mm. Well, I chose a sponsor in the program, and this gentleman helped me to get a job with his brother. Well, don't you know that this guy's brother was a Christian, and when I began to work for him, I heard Christian music every day. This guy began to text my phone every day, inviting me to church, and that was the beginning of the light starting to come into my heart. So, Elliot, this guy is like the happy-go-lucky Christian guy. Yeah, yeah. I can still see him to this day. He was a very strong man. You know, he was tall. He was a gruff business kind of guy. But he always had this goofy smile on his face. He had this twinkle in his eye. And he always was full of joy. And I just knew when I was around him that something was different. So when you're hearing him preach Jesus, were you like, whatever? Or did it kind of reawaken the past? It began to reawaken the past, you know, being that I was brought up in a Christian home and I went to church a lot growing up, it began to stir those things up in my heart that I hadn't thought about for years. Wow. Now, I understand you hit the last straw, though, when you failed the drug test and now you're being forced to go to a halfway house where you would miss the birth of your own son. Tell us what happened. Yeah. You know, in this drug court program, you're obviously taking drug tests every week and there are consequences if you fail them. Well, by this point, I had failed two drug tests, you know, two separate occasions. And the consequence of, you know, relapsing twice is they'll send you to a treatment center for 30 days. Then you have to go to a halfway house for six months. And so you're gone for a seven month period. Well, I remember I'm coming home from partying the night before. Now, mind you, I'm not supposed to be at a bar. I'm not supposed to drink alcohol, take drugs. But I did go out. I drank and I ended up taking cocaine. And I came home, you know, 9, 10 in the morning. And by this time, I was living with a girl that I had been dating for a while. And she was pregnant. Mm. Something stirred in my heart. I began to do the math. I said to myself, I'm going to fail this drug test on Monday. And I know the consequences. I realized on that if they sent me away for this seven month total period that I would miss the birth of my son and something in me awakened. I was like, I want to be a father. What am I doing with my life? But I had burned every bridge. I had nowhere to turn. That was the moment 
that I fell to my knees and I cried out to Jesus. I didn't have a pastor. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have nobody there with me. But I remember uttering something to this effect. Jesus, if you want my life, you can have it. Wow. So that was the moment you got saved. That was the exact moment. So what happened? Like, did you experience something coming into your life? What happened in that moment? All I can say is this, that at that point, I had been addicted to drugs for about seven years. And you know the lifestyle I was living. Yeah. I remember falling asleep. And when I woke up, I felt like a different man. Wow. It felt like I had never done a drug in my entire life. Wow. That's crazy. That's amazing. So I understand you got saved and you started preaching Jesus to everyone and you really sought to get your life right. And this time it happened successfully. Yeah. You know, I said that prayer. I wouldn't have had words for it then, but Jesus came inside of my heart and he really changed my life. I didn't even have a Bible. Now, look, I prayed that I would pass the drug test, but I failed it. And I went to this treatment center, a different man. I went a saved man with a Bible and I began to preach Jesus for 30 days in this treatment center. (laughs) That's amazing. And they let you out early, I understand. Yeah. The amazing thing is the transformation was so dynamic that the counselors in the treatment center said, this man does not need to go to a halfway house. I was able to go back home to my pregnant girlfriend to be there the duration of her pregnancy to see my son's birth. Wow. That's amazing, man. Now, how many years have you been clean from drugs? Just for the person who's kind of even doubting that this power exists, I understand it's quite a few years. Yes. I mean, I've been clean from drugs since we're going on 18 years. 18 years. Now, how do you handle the cravings since many say once an addict, always an addict? Well, this is what I say to that. Once you're saved, you are a brand new creation and you're no longer an addict. And the cravings completely 100% go away. Wow. Elliot, now I know today that you preach the gospel with Christ for all nations, and you also have your own ministry called Lion Face Ministries. And I understand you're happily married and taking care of your children. I praise God, brother, for what he did in your life. And again, thanks so much for coming aboard and sharing with us. God bless you so much, brother. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Hang tight. Got some hope to share with someone right after the break. Are you or someone you know going through a tough time? Is someone you know struggling with addiction, depression, going through a life-changing event? Do you feel like these powerful shows could help? If so, please share this show with your friends and family. You can find these powerful shows on any popular listening platform like Spotify, Alexa, Google Podcasts, and more. You can search The Real Life Radio Show with Onlay. That's A-N-H-L-E. Just pick the testimony they need to hear and share the link. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's crazy how long he was hooked on crystal meth. Being awake and never sleeping like that, never allowing his body to rest like it should. It's crazy to hear about all of that. 
and how the drug was able to shape his wants and desires that he didn't even visit his brother in the ICU? I mean, he was living for the next pleasure, no matter who it cost, no matter who he hurt, it didn't matter. This is the true explanation of the lust of the flesh. It's so clear that even with all the highs that he experienced in his life, he was never fulfilled. It's written in Ephesians 2, 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Beloved, Eliot was fully giving himself over to just this, what Apostle Paul was talking about, fulfilling all his desires in his heart and his mind. And where did it land him? Right in jail. A life totally destroyed. And it was at this moment Jesus came, set him free from the lust of his flesh. God broke his chains. It's written in Psalms 107, 13, 14. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Beloved, what about you? What are you going through? What is it that ails you? What have you been seeking for in your life that you feel like you could never get rid of? Beloved, if you call upon the name of Jesus Christ, he will break the chains of the sins of the bondage in your life. Lord Jesus, we're needing you to break those chains from the sin that so easily entangles us. Lord God, I'm praying for the person who's saying that, who's praying that in their heart. Lord Jesus, we receive you. We believe in you. We know that you died on the cross for our sins, but not just for the forgiveness, but to set us free. Lord Jesus, we receive that right now in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at www.therealliferadioshow.com. See you next time.